You're watching GSTV. And all right, welcome everybody to episode four or five. I kind five. of five of <laughs> the Goblin and the Ghoul podcast. I am your host, Thomas, aka Young Gas Station. And I am joined here with my illustrious hosts, Zach and Eli, and our guest, Josh. Looking forward to tonight's conversation. How is everyone doing? Good. I'm doing great, man. Honestly, um, day before Thanksgiving, uh, oh. I have not worked really at all this week. We were remote this week just because everyone's holiday travel and everything. So uh, it has been very, very non-existent. I hope my, you know, no one from my job sees this, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I'll dress the elephant in the room. I am in uh, my car recording in a Starbucks parking lot in Boulder City, Nevada. Nevada? I think it's Boulder really called. Yeah, have you yeah, heard of that no, place, Josh? Uh, Boulder. Well, I lived in uh, in Vegas for a while. <laughs> where uh, where where is it in association between uh, Vegas and? It's I'm like it from Vegas. Twenty-five minutes southeast of Vegas. Okay, it's actually home of the Hoover Dam. You might have heard of it. Oh, well, I've been there. Then yeah, that was crazy. It's a small little town. They've got smoke shops. They've got uh the albertsons it's a pretty cool place p are you staying at the hoover dam in again i really wanted to but we're staying with uh maxine's host family they actually mm. moved this day at a wedding and they're like you guys are to come back for thanksgiving we're like sure can we bring our dog scruffy and they she said yeah so fuck yeah what's it boulder yeah. city that's awesome. man i lived in um I lived in uh, in Las Vegas for a while, but uh, what's the area called? Uh, Green Valley, you know, uh, Green Valley Ranch. I haven't heard of it. Uh, it's one of the Green Valley Ranch. It's a casino. Yeah, I'm trying to think where Henderson. You know, Henderson's like the big area yep. out there. It's a you know suburb. So Green Valley is just a little area. I played a lot of roulette out there. That the um, yeah the. Uh, but yeah the green the green valley ranch it's a nice nice place it's off the Gosh, what, do you do you have a roulette number number nine number Always. nine that's the one <laughs> cover the zeros though cover the zeros so and josh i'd love to get more of your kind of backstory i know um eli met you through some farming stuff that i'd love to get into but you want to give yeah. a brief kind of overview of maybe how you got to Indiana, what was happening? Yeah, especially too, because like it, before we started recording, he was talking, he is, seems like he has been all over the map and lived in a lot of cool places. So I definitely want to hear some of that. Take your time. Well, we got all the time in the world here. Oh, man. Well, I'm from Indiana. So I grew up and where we are right now is my family's farm. And we, um, we my family are, they're like, uh, you know, we're like old farm pioneers from uh, from Virginia through Tennessee. And they came here in 1825. So this is um, my family's name is uh, Chitwood, you know, so the it's an old farm family name out here. Then the, my great, great, great grandparents to the, I guess, eighth, eighth generation back, they had 20 kids, you know, so like they had 20 kids and like half of them were chit, little Chitwood men. So it's funny, there's like, you know, three million Chitwoods out here in the country. So that's pretty much um, what's going on, but we're on this, this land that's, uh, been in the family for a while and I'm on five acres. It surrounds my grandpa's house. My grandpa died in, uh, I don't know, like 10 years ago. And so I'm on this and we made a little farm out of it. 
And yeah, man. And my answer, well, I can't remember. What was the original question? <laughs> oh, just kind of your life story. Just kind of where you've well, been. Well, so I'm from, my family. So yeah. always where I am now is kind of where I came as a kid to play, you know, on the weekends. Because my great-grandfather lived here. And, and my great-grandfather inherited the land from his two brothers. And they, so he was the third son, which is funny, right? So, I mean, I would have never even been on this land, but his two brothers, they just like, didn't get married or have families they just lived here and not in this house but the house just next to ours until they died and left it to him and so he moved here then my grandpa moved into this house my grandpa built the house we're in right now and uh, i moved in and started smoking lots of weed later uh, yeah <laughs> but then you went to high school in louisiana right so my stepdad is an air traffic controller okay. and he got um a job at the uh new orleans airport and we moved down there when I was in high school. And so that's kind of where I, and then my mother lives across the road from us now. So when they retired, they were actually living in Reno. Uh, he was at the, in like the Reno airport. And when nice. they retired, he, they built their house that's across the road here. Yeah. So, so when yeah. this, when this is happening, is there, are there people at the homestead, like in this area right now, kind of holding it down or. Well, my great grandpa lived here and then he died. Then my grandpa. So my great grandpa owned 320 acres out here and then he had three sons and he split it between his three sons and my grandpa owned 100 and whatever 10 acres that is that's where we're on right now and so my actually my mom's cousin he he's managed to basically buy most of it so other than what my mom owns a little bit 50 some odd acres plus my mom owns like 50 some 60 acres which includes what we're on now and then he basically owns the rest. So he's a grandson. He's a grandson of, you know, the guy we're talking about. So was there ever much, any, yeah. any drama in, when it comes to splitting up of the lands? I feel like once you get property involved in names and wills, things can get a little squirrely. Well, legally, no, it's always been the way it is. And okay. um, it's kind of cool, too, that my uncle has the original deed on the wall up there uh, from, you know, I think originally it's like 200 and some acres and at my great grandfather inherited 320 acres. So they bought separate pieces. When you but say original, it, like how, how old from Andrew Jackson has, you know, has signed it. The like homestead Andrew, Andrew, bro. Yeah. No way. There's actual Andrew Jackson signature on there. Yeah. It's on the wall of my uncle's house. No shit. Yeah, yeah dude. Right. For sure. That's and, so uh, fucking cool. Uh-huh. But like the only thing that's a little bit that I know of is my great grandfather was the third son, you know, of the, you know, his father was the eldest son. But um, when he inherited the land, his sister was still alive, too. And she was younger than him. But you see what I mean? All this bullshit we're talking about men, women, younger and like who gets what? So she, it's a hierarchy. She, there, there's like heirs asked, to the throne. Yeah. She asked for a piece. She asked for a taste and he told her no. <laughs> and and I know that's all I've ever heard of. Everything else is just people buying and selling what they own, you know? Now, reason it was no, was that just like solely because she was a woman? I just, you know, it's just how it is, man. He just was. Of course. No, I mean, I'm, I inherited it from my brothers and it's mine. That's just, I'm, I, I wasn't there for the conversation. I mean, we're, these are nine, like, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I don't know when all that. I just know that there was something said, you know, and that that she wasn't happy. And I I could see her point, And I just know what happened, you know. 
And so he was a quiet man. <laughs> so I'm sure he didn't explain himself to her. He just said no. And, um, huh. and that's how that was. And I don't know why. And so I like I've told them a little bit about your background, Josh, because I know you've had a lot of different jobs. I want to get into some of the Detroit stories eventually. But before is the most recent thing before you moved back here and started doing the farm. Was it the Shark Tank business? Is that the most recent thing? Yep. Okay. And what McClure you tell people like what the Shark Tank business was? And then I have a bunch of questions about like how you got on there and yeah. how that went. Well, it was called McClary Bros Drinking Vinegars, and it's not in business anymore, but um, it's out of Detroit. We What we did is we took, uh, let me just give you one flavor, basically. We would take cranberries, let's say. We'd smash them up, you know, like really frozen cranberries is how you buy cranberries, but really, you know, high quality cranberries. Sometimes we get organic cranberries, mix them with vinegar, sugar, blend them up, aged it for a while. Then you... Um, you uh, strain it out and you have like a vinegary uh it's like an old-fashioned way of flavoring so now that you know you strain it out it's going to last for basically ever you know the vinegar is 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 going to basically um stabilize it and make it shelf stable and it's called a shrub if you ever heard the word shrub it's an old-fashioned and so you would do that with vinegar and your your fruit from the summer so we made like a cocktail mixer out of it and at the same time it became really popular to take vinegar for health and i am really reluctant to get into the health business so we ventured into the cocktail like i focused on the cocktails but i mean i sold lots of vinegar to people that thought it was going to save their lives you know i mean it's gonna like take i mean seriously it's sad but you know people that were very overweight be like now i take this vinegar and it's gonna like do what i'm like i, I don't know like that <laughs> i would do so it's funny man if i was I mean, I there was a lot, like lots of money to be. You made. could have grifted and, into it a little more. You're saying you could have. Really oh, you can go. It's it's there now. Go to the market. You know, go to the market. It's all this vinegar health, <laughs> vinegar tonics, and vinegar shots. And I knew it was coming. I just I can't get behind it, but I can get behind flavors from the summer that we've preserved with vinegar without any crate. And actually, I can make shrubs with honey, um, honey, some vinegar and some uh, watermelon and those are just all things that you can make at home and you can preserve this cool like cocktail mixer and then if you didn't have lemons it would take the place of the citrus in your drink it's still cool to have citrus of course but if you don't and you know the, like the original use of shrubs they would put it in their their water to like make it safe you know and sterile and then of course you know for flavoring right. Okay, so, and yeah. then, so it's I, very just almost done. Yeah. No, and so, but it is like it was already a standard cocktail mixer. So, like a real shishi bartender has already kind of got it, and I didn't even know that, of course. And I just was like, okay. So we started going after those those people. So it's kind of a perfect storm of cock. You know, people were interested in old fashioned things. Cocktails were on the rise, but then people wanted to like you know, the health tonic thing. So well, was it sold as just like a straight up liquid and like, Hey, just like mix this in with your cocktails, like with all the ice and stuff like that. Like this is your mixer, basically like a concentrate. Yeah. Our main thing was a 16 ounce glass bottle. And mm -hmm. we would say, you know, like mix an ounce of, uh, mix an ounce of this, our drinking vinegar with two ounces of whiskey. And, uh, you could even mix a little sparkling water in there and it's sweet. So you don't need simple syrup, but you can add a little simple syrup mm -hmm. and it's, um, a kind of a cool like 
tangy. Have you ever had um, sour beer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like people that like sour beer tend to like, they're called shrub cocktails, like any cocktail with this kind of a vinegar in it. And then if you don't, you just don't. It's kind of like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, sure. I like, like, I don't like IPAs at all and people love them. And so like, they're very popular, but I love sour beer. And some people think they smell like, you know, feet. And so it's, you know, so it's just, but uh, they're pretty. So, cool. so okay. you guys start this and it drives enough revenue to get attention. You guys end up getting on shark tank. Am I understanding that correctly? Yeah. And Detroit was, Detroit is a very, uh, you know, busy place and people are hustling. And at the time there was a lot of attention in the media for Detroit and there was a casting call from mm. um, Shark Tank and they said they were looking for a Detroit food business. And we were in um, food lab, local food, uh, you know, just like the local, uh, local food movement group. Like everybody knew each other. So pretty much everybody went up on stage and my wife went out and did her little pitch six it was probably a minute, two minute pitch. And then it was just one more step, one more step until, you know, but we were like treating it like trying to get an A plus on the final exam through every step. You know, it was like lots of financial information, lots of this, that, and telling them we did a video, you know, we did produce a like one minute video and she did it. You know I mean? She was like delivering her, you know, Hey guys and all that stuff, you know? <laughs> yeah. When about, do when about did you guys get started with this? Like, it sounds like you have some experience from it. Did you learn how to make these shrubs growing up or was it something you kind of got into like as a hobby? How did that she was she was in culinary school at the time and we had mm. actually already started a little bakery and um we were you could cook at home and do certain <laughs> things so we were like we had literally turned our dining room i fucking tell you this stuff i forgot this stuff we turned our dining room into into a bakery installed an oven i had a whole lot i had a uh you know like a 20 quart mixer in there and we were making like thousands of scones out of our tiny. <laughs> Was that legal? Did you have a license for that? No, dude, it's legal. It's legal. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. We were taking it to the edge, but um, it's legal to sell certain things directly to the public, like scones. If it doesn't need to be rabbit, right? Or like- shelf stable, huh? No, that's totally different. This oh. is like baking. You can do this here too. Like you can make bread and sell it to the public. Uh, you know, you can't make pie because that needs to stay in the fridge. But you can make things that you can make jam, oddly enough. And, you know, these are like old farm things you're allowed to take straight to the market. So we were selling tons of these scones, basically, other things, but lots of scones. And she came into this uh, shrub idea because it became a, she started looking into other things we could do without a license. And then we found this, what's that? We found the shrub, the shrub idea. Um, in terms of like looking for things we could do without a license. And then we realized it was becoming popular again with cocktail mixers. And mm. so we just, we just, we ended up like, you know, we got a license to do it at a, a local bakery that was actually a, a bakery, you know? And so we had a license to manufacture and put things in stores. And then we went from there and we got in with this nonprofit that had a you know commercial kitchen and we just, and so when Shark Tank came to knock and we were already kind of doing some cool stuff. We were well, at this place. This sounds like the Shark Tank pitch was super competitive. Like you said, every single food company in the area was, you know, gunning for it. So, did they select one? Like, I, I, like how how did that work out? And how do you guys get weeded out from everybody else? Like that seems pretty intense. I will say, I'm trying. My wife is pretty solid. I mean, she's just like really good. At boom, 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 and you know, she'll deliver what 
she what she um whatever she you know prepares she's going to deliver it and so she just worked it out and we have a we had a pretty good idea you know it's like um you know sing uh, i'm it's just at the time it was very popular to uh i'm sorry let me think like the natural health the natural health thing was happening yeah it was, yeah it was like really popular cocktails so we kind of hit it at the right moment and um she did a very good pitch and i think maybe maybe one or two other people probably moved forward at the time i really can't remember but it's very easy to not take it seriously and i will tell you the very first thing they tell you is like after maybe a phone pitch they want you to send them a video and they said something like, oh, just, you know, do your best. And we hired a guy. You know what I mean? So right. oh, thank you, honey. I love you. So like we hired some dude out of some guy out of Ann Arbor who was like in film school and he did a knockout job. And we went to the facility, like clipped in a bunch of stuff. You know what I mean? It was like a little one minute, like real commercial for the company. And um, uh, it looked great. So every time, you know, we did that. Not so like our so yeah, I was gonna say. So you you do that. You submit your video, and you guys get selected out of the bunch, right? And then you get yeah. chosen to actually go on and go present on TV. Well, so, you go record. I don't know if you know about that. So they bring you out, and you have to pay a bunch of stuff, by the way. Oh really? Well, okay. Not no. Let me tell you this. No, no I mean it like this. It's expensive because they bring you out. She they she stays at some hotel and everything else. But like all the stuff you see from the company. You send that out. You know what I mean? Like your mm -hmm. display. So I remember it cost two grand to send all the stuff, like literally in just shipping, you know? So you're already kind of spending money on stuff that that's like incidentals to them. I mean, they are putting her up posh motel. Like it was like a week. So she's out there for a week and like, gosh, she was out there for a while, maybe not a week, but it's there a while. And then they just, they do the pitch, they record it. And of all those people that go out and pitch, maybe half of them literally get on TV. So like you see only, so like there's half the people that never got on TV and they went out there. So. But Wait, do we, people get deals who weren't on TV? I believe they do. Yeah. Oh, uh, I mean, I, I think if you're on, if you get a deal, maybe it's probably pretty good TV, but I mean, and then all the other thing is half the deals you see on TV, TV don't happen. So really? half of the deals fall through too. Right. There's probably like a signing phase after they agree, right? That goes into, they get lawyers involved, this, that, and the it's other just, thing, probably. I mean, everybody has the right to back out and they just, for whatever reason, they say that tonight, oh yeah, we're going to do it. And then, yeah, it, it is a very straightforward process. And yeah. I'm sure also being on TV, especially if you know, you're someone that's nervous. I feel like if you're a business owner, it could be something you're easily inclined to accept maybe. And then you realize, oh, I actually didn't want to do that. But Mark Cuban was, was talking cute. And I really wanted that in the moment. I don't know. I don't know. I would imagine it's mostly the, the sharks killing the deal. You think so? You know, that's, that's probably more. That's probably more. There's, I don't remember much about it. I just remember that knowing that, that like once you said, oh yeah, we got a deal, then now we literally have to work out a deal, you know? So you know how that goes. Like you can, you, you know, deals cannot work out, but probably right. the person with the power is killing the deal mostly. So okay. Cuban was there when you guys gave your pitch? Well, I wasn't there, but um, when wow. my wife gave it, yeah, yeah, he was there. Damn. She, she had a long, and that's the other thing. They talk for like an hour, Yeah, you know? So like she's standing there going numbers, numbers. They're like, they're like going over it. 
she had a long she loved them you know she, she thought he was cool did and, you guys uh, make the iu connection obviously the bloomington connection i didn't go i didn't go um, or did, did did she do that like or was that just like because because i know he, well, he's a sucker for that kind of thing i know we thought about it but the deal is if you go i mean there's a lot of drama on running a, a business with your wife and you want to keep that behind the scenes <laughs> like just i mean and i tend to yell and you know and so like we had a very turbulent relationship during that time and we were like trying to make make decisions constantly about our business that was growing and approaching like a half a million dollars really fast so we're like let's try to what do we do next and like a lot of so i knew if they got us on shark tank together that someone would dig into like uh, you know how they do that? They make you look like fools. Yeah, yeah. You make your yeah, wife yeah. start arguing on national television. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're like with your wife, and you're like, "Oh no, yeah. What'd you say? No, you never said that." And they, they, they do. They smell it, dude. They'll, they'll. So I was like, I knew my wife would deliver a good pitch. She was the CEO. I was, and I knew she wouldn't be able to overcome objections. That's my job. But if I was there they would have a real opportunity at making us look like giant assholes. <laughs> and I did not want that to be on the table. That's you know? a, yeah, absolutely. You're just, you know, assessing just risk versus benefit right there. Yeah. You made a business decision. Let me tell you something. If you would have had a video camera in our office every evening after the employees left and we're screaming about money and all this, but they, they're, I've seen that. Haven't you seen that on Shark Tank where they're like breaking down and like yelling at each other or just like, Oh, oh yeah. You know, Oh, no one likes that. I, I and, and no one, you know, and I told her, oh, this is this is how terrible I am. She called me right after and she's crying. <laughs> okay. And I go, did they get you on camera crying, honey? <laughs> I was like, please tell me they did. And they did if you watch it. And I was like, <laughs> wow. I was like, no, but I was like, I, I, well, I'm not, I'm, I told you because she told me what happened. And I was like, it sounds great. I was like, you did your best or whatever. But she was mad and she didn't get the deal. And I literally, that, I explained to her on the phone, in, in my recollection, that I didn't think she was going to get the deal if, if it came to what it came to, because she would have needed me there. But if I told her that, if I was there, we would have, we, they would have gotten us. They'd have been like, what do you think, Josh? What do you think, Jess? And they'd have said it enough to, you've seen that, right? It's horrible. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. Like, especially Cuban especially loves to do well, that. We had too. money problems. Really like, grilling to people. We had serious money problems. I mean, we were running a, it's like they always act like, oh, yeah, how are you doing? Oh, we have no debt. Oh, oh, and you're making these, I mean, it's, no, we're grinding it out. Life's horrible. And um, we're faking it. So you make it, give us some money, please. Yeah. Like, what the fuck do you think I'm on this show in the first place? <laughs> they're like, yeah, you're going to have to educate the people and market to them. I'm like, well, that's, you're right. That's why we're here. And if you give yeah. me the money, that will happen. If you don't, it will be more difficult. Yeah. And, but um, I don't know. It wasn't a lot of money we were looking for. I probably would have burnt through that so fast. <laughs> it was like $150,000. So. Okay. And then you have to explain to the people, Josh, you do Shark Tank. You've been in the business world at a lot of different levels. And then what you're doing now and sort of like, well, I don't even really know the answer to this. And I can pick it up from our interactions over the last like seven or eight months. But why did you decide I'm going to be what you are now? And I guess you could start with like, what do you do now and how did you get there from where you were? And also, Eli, well, I'd like to add on to that, how you guys got intertwined as well, because I don't know the answer mm. to that one. Oh, uh, he, he posted on Reddit and I hit him up and showed up on a Sunday at 7 a.m. For, for post on Reddit for what? Uh, just kind of like I have this farm. I'm learning to be like a homesteader. I need labor. 
because it's a shitload of work and I'm basically by myself. I'll, let me, we'll explain it. Yeah, um, yeah. I have okay, a whole, okay, okay, perfect. Per, okay, cool. How long are we cool. talking, fellas? Let's, let's, long, let's. We're, we're, okay. we're going nowhere, At dude. An hour. This, is my, this is my only plan for the night. Yeah. I'm going to need to, I'm going to need to smoke level up explain <laughs> yeah it. dude for one deal, the one one deal is like it's, it's, here's what i can tell you i mean we're all chasing money around around the loop right around the sphere i call it right yeah and i did it a few times got on shark tank and i've been literally bankrupt twice trying to be a big shot and i was like i'm from this farm family my grandpa died his farm his house was sitting here after my mother rented it to some people and we booted him out um, they were terrible <laughs> and uh, they, they, they destroyed the house and I had always wanted to move here. We had tried before we tried to build a house here. It just didn't work out. Um, and anyways, we decided to come out here and I was like, dude, I'm going to, and I had realized long ago and long story short, our food system is terribly broken. And I knew that already coming into it. And I was not in great condition. I was smoking tobacco at the time. I don't need more. And I was, like not that much overweight because I was working a lot, but I was in not in great shape. I wasn't feeling good. Anyways, I came out here and I just decided I'm going to make my own food. I'm going to make my own food because that's what I need. And I was like, what am I going to make and sell? I'm, you know what I mean? And like, I've got this land and I kind of had a head start because I had done some research and there's a guy named Joel Salatin out there that's been teaching people for years. And I had gone to his farm checked it out and I kind of, had, and I have studied permaculture. It's another idea of how to like connect nature together. And so anyways, I started, I've been here for over four years kind of working on it. And I realized early on that I had to do this without gas, but this is before the pandemic. So I was like, I just don't believe in gas. I know gas isn't going to be around. It's terrible. And I did finally, I realized pretty quick that, you know, it was like the reliance on gas is what's making my fat ass. <laughs> Hold on. One, one quick anecdote. Yeah. Josh said to me one time, and we decided that on his tombstone, it's going to say, at least I didn't get exploded because he's very scared of gasoline. So we avoid using gasoline, like in ways where there's a lot of what you do or what we do that, you know, with gas powered technology, it'd be a lot easier. Right. Um, Another quick thing, like you cut down these fields with a scythe. Yeah. Like you don't use a tractor or a lawnmower. Use a fucking scythe, wow. like the Grim Reaper scythe to cut, to well, clear fields. Right. And this is easy because I'll tell you why, guys. <laughs> it's easy. My family moved here in 1825 and this place was. <laughs> it's in your blood. In, You're bred well, for this shit, dude. No, but I'm going to explain to you how you are too. It was, it was covered in trees and they that were so big around two men couldn't grasp hands and they cut the trees down themselves with no gas. And so like, if I started now, I could never be as badass as they were. And then I'm like looking at my grandpa who was in world war two and like looking at pictures of him and he was like a little animal, you know I mean? He was like, you know, he had like, like ripped muscles and shit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like his wrestling picture from high school is just, he was an animal. And, um, they were, they just grew up eating farm food. And, and I knew that, but like 40% of all American families were farmers like a hundred years ago, was it Eli? Yeah. Like uh, and it's so like, we're all from, so I'm like, I, I can be better. I can do this. And I just, and I'm like, it's, we got here without the gas. That's the good news. So I know it's true. I literally know it's true. So the gas, 
then the money I realized was making us silly. And um, so I finally realized I had to find a way to communicate and connect with people without money and find a way for us to see that we could work together on this farm without paying each other, you know? And it's like, and then we're going to get into a big conversation about, you know, land use. Interesting. And, and, and witchcraft. Yeah, of course, <laughs> witchcraft. Yeah, it's a real tight line. You got to walk. God, that, wow, that is... Bet- a- Go, Go ahead, ahead D. Nope. <laughs> I refuse. Uh, I was gonna say that's such a, a like a tightrope you have to walk. Where like, hey, money's not gonna matter, but like, because I have everything I need to sustain myself right here. Like, well, I own. We own the land. Like, money's okay, and I like money, but we're gonna we're talking about food, and um, I think we need to separate out food from everything else we do. And I know that because 40% of us were in the food business like 100 years ago. And now none of none of percent of us are. And like 40% of us are literally clinically obese in this country or on target to be. And I know those numbers are connected. So we left the farm. Now we're sick. And we're making dumb decisions. And we're burning down the future. So my thinking is, why don't we spend some time getting back to the farm but I think that it's crazy to think that we're going to all get back to the farm. We have to find a way to like be smart about it. And I just think connecting through food, like, and like Eli and I are having a great time, man. I mean, he comes out and we, we do things that like, I don't know, man, it's great to have this connection through food. That's how we're built. You know, we work together. We have the exact same interest wow. in food. You know what I mean? And so well, the other option was I pay people to come here and work for me. And I hope I pay them enough. I never can pay them enough because I'm trying to hold on to as much of that money as I, it's like a very bad system. It's a very bad system. And it was devised 5,000 years ago by ancient, you know, bronze age shepherds and just like religion. And it's like, here we are passing this idea around money. And I'm not saying that we should just burn money down because that would be problematic. But I do think we need to kind of re uh, we have to re re uh, retool food, you know, food altogether. So Eli, yeah. you're getting compensated for this work and like fresh food and stuff like that that's being grown from the farm primarily. Oh yeah. I mean in the Josh, future. In the future, that's the beautiful that's the interesting. Hell yeah. Like, well, we put together the same work today and the future is ours together. Yeah. You see what I mean? No, and during the growing season this summer. You know, I could yeah. leave with as much food as I wanted pretty much any, I mean, he's throwing food at me. Um, I mean, there's so many parts of it that are so clearly beneficial. Hell yeah. uh, uh, the, one of the biggest messages is it's like five and a half acres that he has. And what, what is actually you're growing and using animals for, what would you say? Three of it, two and a half. I think, well, we, prob- we probably have like uh, an acre with the trees on it right now. And but I mean, yeah, we probably are growing, probably growing food, maybe on an acre of it right and, now. And it's a shitload of food and can yeah. be so much more. And we just built these caterpillar houses or hoop houses, or Cater- caterpillar, tunnels, uh, caterpillar tunnels, which are, you've everybody's seen them who, yeah, of course, everybody has seen those like driving along the farmland in the country. It's those like plastic houses that are basically, 
you know, it's another way to modify the climate. And, um, you know, even now in the winter, we're going to be growing a shitload of food that will be ready earlier in the summer, really the springtime to harvest. Um, so yeah, I get out of it. Knowledge. Josh is fucking hilarious. I bring a couple of our friends every time. So that's always really fun. And, um, it's a good workout almost every time. And then fresh food that this dude takes basically only uses rainwater and the animals he has to provide nutrients to all the food that he grows. It's mm. not like you're just cranking on the hose that's connected to a bunch of watering systems that you're taking water from well, the city. I do. I mean, so, I'm working on it. I still do take it by, uh, from our from our local lake. Yeah. But um, we are working on we're working on systems. We're working on systems for uh, what what food do you guys grow? You see, I keep hearing food, but like, let me give me some specifics. We grow tomatoes. We grow lots of garlic. We grow world-class garlic. <laughs> we grow uh, lots of eggs. Uh, we got uh, eight baby pigs. One's a lady today. I'll tell you. Oh, we'll yeah. get around to that story. Yeah, yeah. We have uh, a boy. We have a mom and a dad pig. Uh, the pigs have been awful today. Lots of sexual misconduct. But, uh, <laughs> the, the pigs are being pigs? Yes, yeah. Dude. No. Uh, story. Chickens. Or um, but uh, peppers, we grow pretty much everything. I mean, dude, you grow everything. I we mean, grow a little bit of everything, but those are things we grow in, in corn, herbs, sweet corn, sunflowers. Herbs, we lots are in of sunflowers. Got to grow. We did all a huge. Need. We did a huge sunflower crop this year, um, and I got a huge sunflower seed from that. So that was kind of what that was for. And then I got a big. Uh, not a big, but a nice crop of garlic, very good garlic. So we planted, Eli and I planted garlic that will, will grow for a little bit now, and then it'll go dormant, and it'll be ready in June. And we call that overwintering. And I really want, we wanted to overwinter a lot. That was kind of what we started, but it didn't rain enough. So we, we got some cool stuff in, but I'm kind of sad that the rain just stopped us from a lot of our, our you know, we still did cool stuff, but we couldn't put onions in and right. garlic and potatoes. So, I mean, you also grew a ton of watermelon, watermelon, a bunch of different yeah. squash, um, water, ridiculous amounts of watermelon. Cucumbers. No one wants the watermelon after a time. I mean, it's yeah. cucumbers Oprah. and then pumpkins. I donated a bunch of pumpkins to the local school. I worked there, but uh, the PTA, I can't be like, oh yeah, you guys owe me 300 bucks. You know, <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> That's funny. No, Josh, when you were talking and you were, you were saying about getting back on the farm and uh, kind of connecting people's experience with food. I mean, I was just thinking what an ample topic for Thanksgiving. I mean, it really just sounded like a real freaking getting together of people and food. And I don't know, there was something about the way you put getting back to the farm, like almost metaphorically, we could all learn and do a little bit, right? Even if it's just eating more organic or going to get more foods that are, you know, grown, not on a freaking lab or whatever the hell food comes from in grocery stores. I still don't understand it. And, yeah. uh, well, you it's know, hard to understand. Yeah. It's very confusing. I still don't know why you can go to bumfuck nowhere and there's dozens of groceries, fresh produce and stuff. I, I guess there's huge farms that ship that shit in but to me the logistics is gasoline gasoline my friend you can all back to gasoline (laughs) (laughs) big gas back at it again that's right amen it's actually a great point though so what does thanksgiving look like at the josh household and how do you how do you guys make that happen (laughs) this is really funny 
Well, we don't like to do nothing on Thanksgiving because we work our asses off to eat every other day of the year. So we're going to Boca de Beppo tomorrow. Okay. In Greenwood, Indiana, baby. And we are going to eat there. That's what I'm and, talking uh, about. That's so I gotta go funny. Pee. Yeah. I always None wonder who us. the people are that go out to eat on Thanksgiving. And you, you, you know what's there. funny? You can't imagine how hard I work to feed these. Like I um. Well, I've been working on the idea of bulk food too. So I do a lot of trying to figure out, I make a lot of burritos and uh, that the kids like burritos, um, but I'm a little bit against uh, flour tortillas, but um, I eat them and the kids love it. So I can put a lot of healthy stuff inside a burrito and get kids to eat it. So anyways, I'm working on bulk food all the time. And um, I don't know, that's kind of, you know, what I'm, what I'm doing. I hear you. Nice. And, and so we're always, we're always cooking, you know? And so my wife and she works hard too, but like literally when Thanksgiving comes around, yeah, it's like, I don't want to cook. I want to enjoy it like everybody else. Plus I do all the dishes, man. Well, in oh, what yeah. better place to enjoy it than getting a family size serving of fucking pasta from Buca de Be- Beppo? No, no. Buca de Beppo. Here's the best part. You get Thanksgiving dinner. Plus they have their like limited menu available of all their other cool stuff. So it's like you can have spaghetti plus it's fucking brilliant. It's the best thing ever. So I love Italian for Thanksgiving. You know, that is awesome. nuts, Italian man. plus Thanksgiving. Yeah, it, was, exactly. And the Italians on the they road. do love Thanksgiving. I was on the road heading to uh, to Vegas. We stopped to go walk walk our dog and get a little gas. I was at this this Petro. And there was a, a restaurant attached to it called an Iron Skillet. I'd never heard oh. of this restaurant. Have you guys heard oh, of Iron, Iron Skillet? Mm-mm. Yeah, yeah. They have. I mean, I used a to live there. Thanksgiving special that you can go tomorrow for twenty two forty nine. Get the full spread at the at the Iron Skillet. Um, Dude, there you could go. Be sick. It could be the place to be. I don't know. Dude, the, the thing, see, I like what you're doing for the going out to eat for Thanksgiving because, like, when restaurants try to do Thanksgiving food, it's never good. It is never good. Very, like you, you're just going the whole different way. Like we're actually just going to go eat Italian food, not try to do Thanksgiving food because it's a restaurant stepping out of their comfortability zone. Like they're not going to cook Thanksgiving food on the regular. So they're doing something they're not used to do, be doing in the first place. Right. So it's not going to be very good. <laughs> that sense. Iron skillet. I'll tell you what, there's a place uh, you've been, you're not far from uh, Zion Canyon, you know, out in, in Utah. Utah? I, I got I a buddy go there. in Utah who's talked about going to Zion for months. Cool. I used to go there for Thanksgiving. And I was really the desert pearl. Before I had kids. Actually, when I got married, that's the last time I went there. We went there for our honeymoon. But we stayed at the Desert Pearl in um <clears throat> Zion. Whatever the town's called there, Springfield, I think, or Springdale. But dude, it's so awesome. But there were several restaurants there that did a Thanksgiving dinner. And they were nice, you know. Springdale, That's Utah, not, maybe. Is that the name of it? But it, just you could put Zion National Park, oh, you know, and there's a town that place right there. Looks nice. The Desert Pearl, man. If you could get a room there, you should start driving now. But I mean, it's 189 probably at night. booked. In the low end. See, that place is so awesome. That place is awesome. You'll be yeah, sitting, really it, you know. Oh, the Desert Pearl is amazing. Hot tub facing the uh, mountains. 
Yeah, it's great being out here. It's so different from the Midwest. I mean, just you don't get really any trees. You do up north. I'm in Arizona and Flagstaff and stuff. That looks like Colorado, but just the desert, it's a whole different type of beauty. But I've really been enjoying kind of getting accumulated to this type of environment. And it's definitely a a big change. So, so Josh, tell me about on your property, the best place to trip mushrooms. (laughs) What's that? That on your property, the best place, like physically the best place to trip mushrooms. I never have, man. Yeah. We're really? working on it. No. Wow. I've been, I've been trying to. I've got a friend that says that he will hook me up, but he hasn't yet. <laughs> okay. So theoretically, then, in, your, in your judgment, where if you got an eighth of mushrooms given to you tomorrow, Just where would right you go? Out, dude, I have, um, well, I, right outside the door here, if you look up to the south, you know, on the really clear night, it's amazing, you know? Yeah, we're out here so. a bit. So Uh, the light pollution isn't as bad? No. uh, My cousin does have several cabins. And if they would turn their lights off ever, then it would be perfect. But my mom probably leaves her lights on too. But yeah, there's a few houses here. But we have a really nice view and a few. Really like to the south. We have a great view. And then over there, you know, across the way. Oh, the south. It's perfect. We're going to kind of build off to the end of our house here. We have turning our... um, garage into a kitchen so we can you know like make bulk chow and then so as you go out this it's like where the garage door was before is a wall now it doesn't it's no longer a garage door and so if you go out we're gonna like build a like french door out and then it'll be look like a little campsite you know is what our whole like concept is there but with like outdoor cooking you know our pizza kitchen but like right there if you look up it was, it's amazing. I mean, you know, you can see amazing things. So. Dude, we should fucking we should camp out there the next summer. I love coming oh, down yeah. and going to the camp. Oh, for sure, man. We're gonna um and you know, I'm putting in trees, like lots of trees. It's gonna be we're gonna build a couple of little campsites because one of the spots is gonna be where I want to build a house in the future, just like a cool little like subterranean house, just a small probably like maybe we're all hanging out. You know, when I'm old, you know, my wife and I might live there and let the kids live here or something. But um, but then a couple of campsites for sure. Um, yeah. Also, on the topic of mushrooms, you told me earlier, Josh, to ask you about Mel Bo and why he owes you $10. Is it related to mushrooms? No, he's a drug dealer. Oh, okay. His name was his name was Mel. Okay. And his name was also Bo. And I don't know why, but some people call him Mel. Some people call him Bo. But I call the Belbo. <laughs> and he was the palate king of Detroit, right? Yeah. I shouldn't be saying these things because he is a dude. He's real. Oh, and it's oh, the palate okay. king. <laughs> we talk about real dudes on here. I was but, thinking but he, that you need to get a concrete critter. I had this podcast from McClary's McClary Bros. We manufactured out of uh, out of the Eastern market and it was shady. I'll tell you a story in a minute. That you're not going to believe but it's true. But uh, Melbo owned the pallets, I guess. I don't know, man. They probably the, the forklift. Because the other guy, Greg, he didn't own anything. He was cool. But um, Melbo had, and this is ridiculous because drugs are legal in, in Michigan. But he was still selling drugs to silly people like me that hadn't figured it out yet. Now, I eventually got my license to buy weed in Michigan, just like everybody else. It's ridiculous. You just have to go someplace, pay money, and just say, yeah, I, mean, I, don't, I don't feel good, <laughs> but um, I have anxious, I have anxiety, but I would buy it from him just like normal. And he would give me weed in a plastic bag. But at one time I owed him like 70 bucks 
and I gave him 80. And I said, man, there's an extra tenant there. And he was like, oh, I sure could use it. And he kept going. That's, That's why I said he owes me. It's the last one I talked to. The he owes me 10 bucks. Yeah. The because I sure game. could use it, and he kept going. <laughs> so there was no, don't, don't ask change from a drug dealer. No change, <laughs> huh? I, I looked at my wife who's sitting in the car next to me. I was like, did you see that? <laughs> That's that funny. It. I mean, you'd think, I mean, they definitely have enough cash typically on hand to, to break yeah. a bill. but Dude, he wasn't going to give me any change ever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, did we have any Thanksgiving He was topics? making fun of me. Oh, Thanksgiving topics. I mean, traditionally... Thanksgiving for at least us being, uh, you know, kind of college age gentlemen, maybe getting a little older now can maybe recollect or uh, what is it? Uh, reminisce is the word I was looking for on our times coming back into Bloomington or just kind of getting back in the season and uh, seeing everyone before the holidays. You guys have any good? Uh, uh, the, the old blackout out stories, the old blackout Wednesdays. Um, dude, it's not a good story, but last blackout Wednesday, I definitely ended up with Matt Tobin at night moves and it was as, it was as great and disappointing as you would expect. Like it it was, cause it's like, all like, cause there are no good strippers from Bloomington that end up being strippers. Like, like, you know, it's, it's not, none of all the, all the hot girls are out doing, you know, different stuff. So that was like a really sad, like people yeah exactly like people that like come to bloomington and they're not going to go home to for thanksgiving so they're just working the wednesday night shift and night moves which i'm sure is actually pretty fruitful hey, i'm just <laughs> trying to catch up you're on night moves on a wednesday yeah well, only only the wednesday <laughs> before wednesday. thanksgiving is that's the busy? only is it busy <laughs> Uh, yeah, 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 definitely. Cause oh, that's, that's like, awesome. So that's if, awesome. those who don't know the Wednesday, I never made it there. I never made it there. It's, I, I, you know, I was, always, and I was always so drunk. My friends would be like, we're going to night moves. I, I can't make it. You know, There's like <laughs> lots of, lots of expeditions went there, but I never thought about that. You're, you're not, you, you didn't miss much. Let me just tell you, but it is a strip club <laughs> in Bloomington. So there's that. Um, but yeah, so I mean, Wednesday night before Thanksgiving is the number one night in America for DUIs. So there's that. So like, it's a busy bar night, right? <laughs> and gang, gang. Hell yeah, dude. So it was fun. But every time you go to night moves, like I never actually I've, I've came from a great story of night moves one time. And that was when I got a shirt from night moves. And I got it signed by all the strippers, which I still have to this day, by the way. That's still that's still a great, uh, a great memento. But no, I mean. I'm trying to think. I maybe I don't have any great stories from Blackout Wednesday because of the name Blackout Wednesday. Yeah, I know I the last one that I had. Being, yeah, I just remember being like miserably hungover on Thanksgiving and like not yeah. doing as much as I want to. It, it was always really funny coming back or not. We were I was always in town, I guess, but seeing everyone else kind of come back and mm-hmm. kind of talk to the people that you never really that close friends with. Oh, dude, what are you doing? I don't care. Like, <laughs> let's get <laughs> fucked up. And uh, I remember, I think it was maybe 2018, I got real drunk at Kilroy's and left my Michael Kors or Calvin Klein um, man purse. And I left it there behind the bar because I had to go dance. I had to go hit the moves out. And I woke up at my house, just didn't remember where I put it. So I remember getting a lime scooter, getting the bag back, and then scootering all the way back to my mom's house from uh, from downtown Bloomington, and that was a pretty funny hungover morning of a. Wait, you you literally got on a scooter and went from uh, 
my apartment what? to oh. Kilroy's to Hyde Park. Oh, okay. I thought you, oh, I mean, you still went from fucking Roy's to Hyde Park. Like I was grinding, bro. It was like three and a half miles. I was like, hell yeah, dude. Going 20. It's just like a rainy 40 degree Indiana morning in fucking November. Just heads kind of pounding a little bit, like oh, not yeah. quite fully hungover. Healthy. Oh, God, it ruined so many Thanksgivings. <laughs> what about you, Josh? Okay if I leave this here. Huh? Is it okay if I leave this here? Or I yeah, I mean, the closer uh, um, For me, I guess the, I mean, I, the best times were in Chicago because we would rip it to pieces. You know what I mean? At Wednesday night, everybody's excited because, of course, right? No one has any, everyone's going to do what they do the next day. So I can remember being just deliriously drunk, you know, on like, fucking out of my mind on chicago and i was flying to new orleans the next morning and this is my family doesn't even live in new orleans anymore i'm still going to new orleans to hang out with my best friend's family because their food is better and i would like show up i remember waking up one time being like i want to be in new orleans i'm going to have to get on that plane and my fucking brain is like there's a brick inside my head and i'm still drunk you know i mean it's like 4 a.m., 5 a.m., you're at the bar and the flight's at 7. You know, why'd you even lay down? And I, I went and I got there and I remember getting there and I remember my mom's friend just being like, you stink, you know, in New Orleans. Like, I'm at her house, you know, I'm in a bar in, in Chicago at 4 a.m. and I'm at her house at whatever, like 11. And they're getting ready to drink. And she's like, how are you already drunk? I'm like, I'm still drunk, you know? And I was like, what am I, 20? Three twenty-four, you know. Yeah. yeah. Spirit yeah. Airlines yeah. around. What's that? Was Spirit Airlines around back then? Did you fly Spirit? Uh, oh, no. damn. Spirit is like Vegas, if I remember. I definitely have done some Spirit. This would have been, dude. It was so easy to fly out of Chicago. That was nothing. You know what I mean? It was so many flights. Well, I last, what, what year are we talking here, Josh? And also, Josh, how how old are you? Because I cannot get a gauge. I'm I would get forty-nine. Say what? Forty-nine. Okay. Cool. So this would have been the year 2003, roughly, okay. roughly, yeah, two, three kind of thing. Like, I graduated, let me think about this, I graduated smoking weed for having fun with the class of 91. So this would have been roughly, God, is this 2001? This might be before that. This is probably right, like, uh, 10 year mark. I feel like it might have been before that. Pre-9-11, post-9-11. Well, it's yeah. post-9-11. Okay. But right after 9-11. Let's put right it Right after. Yeah. Okay. I'm thinking. But that's my Chicago to New Orleans days. And those, that'd be kind of, I mean, like, I had to grow up, you know? And, and so, like, going back to my best friend's parents' house didn't keep, you know, you know, work out. And so I started going to my mommy's house and then whatever. But. I don't, but no, the best times are New Orleans. And then, and so when I was really young, when my parents still lived down there, and then especially like the year after I graduated, or the year after I went to IU for one year and I came back, that year, like 18, going back, it was, a, that's, that was phenomenal. You know what I mean? Going back, because New Orleans was like, you're 18, you can go to the bars. You know what right. I mean? So you're, you're down there drinking, it's Wednesday night before Thanksgiving, and you can get completely blitzed. Dude, so. I feel like New Orleans before cell phones was on a whole nother level. It was probably way more fun. 
Yeah, Tell me about cell phones. Like, I don't know about cell phones in New Orleans, but like you're talking about the time frame back then. Yeah, and just I don't know. I feel like people are more tame now that you can always be on video. Maybe not as much as I think, but I think it makes everything worse. Dude, I feel like Vegas is the same way. Like Vegas pre cell phone, and like everything, like nothing was recorded. Like the truly, like everything stays here type mentality. Like I feel like that's what it really was about. Yeah, I don't do a lot these days. I never, I don't really do a bunch of crazy shit anymore. This, you know, I mean, I don't have any. uh, I don't think there's a bunch of video of me doing crazy shit, but there would be. About 20 years. Oh, wait, Josh, what's the pig story from today? Because I got it over text, but I didn't, I didn't really even understand it. Is oh, yeah. R-rated? Yeah, the sexually active pigs. Is I it, mean, what's our, what do you mean? I mean no, nah, we, we can't talk about anything. I mean, it's like, real. It's what happened. It's fucking real. Exactly. It's fucking, it's the, the anatomy of a pig. I don't know shit about, I mean, I don't know a lot about pig wieners. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I heard they're corkscrewing. Or no, that's, that's duck wieners. Duck yeah, Till today. Duck Till today. This pig. It's been acting weird, but um, it's got eight babies, four female, four male. And I don't know. It doesn't seem interested in the the female anymore right now. I don't know what's going on, but it was literally like standing over one of its young female daughters or whatever. And they don't care. Pigs don't care. And it's just like humping into the air. And my wife goes, oh, my God, are you looking at that? And I was like, what? There's not a great recording of it. I might find there's something nasty for sure. But like it comes out like a finger and it just starts growing and growing <laughs> and it's pink and disgusting and it's maybe bigger than my finger, but it's growing like, you know, Pinocchio's nose. And at the end, it's, like, it's disgusting. And I'm like, what's going on? And it's just doing it into the air over this pig. It's just like taking a nap on the ground. No. Like, like from the wrong angle too, right? Like from the side. It's just in the air over it. <laughs> You know what I mean? Jesus. Like and it's, and it's like it's and the pig's like just laying there, like not really paying, and then it just blows it everywhere. And it's fucking oh. disgusting. Wait, he actually oh no. <laughs> that was enough. That's all he needed right there. Yeah, he was like that. A little bit of air no. pressure, a little bit of wind. Hey. And he's huge. And he's got this big scruffy, you know what I mean? Like he's got this right. like mohawk. Dude, and before I started coming here, like I sort of had sympathy for pigs. I was like, man, I couldn't kill a pig. And I couldn't kill a baby pig. But when they get old and fat, dude, fuck them. Like, just just kill them and eat them because they're disgusting. Like, you know what that tastes like. I mean, you can tell yourself, you know what that tastes like. Yep. And that's that's a big chunk of that. Yeah. So let's get out of it. I mean, <laughs> in, in Texas, you can kill pigs with machine guns from a helicopter if you Whoa. want to. You can pay for I that. Do. I mean, we'll it is gas powered though, so I feel like that would be your all, vibe, Josh. A little too violent. They've got all kinds of problems out there though, because they, you know, boar aren't great. You know, they've got no. too many boar, and they've got. So we cut the, you know, we cut the balls off. There's a whole story there. Yeah. My wife's a champion. My wife cut the balls off of these pigs. I held them down, and she just cut the balls off and ripped them out. It was rough. So she pitched to Mark Cuban, cut pig balls off. I would like to read her autobiography, honestly. No, she She's won't be cool, writing dude. it. She's fucking cool. <laughs> but she is cool. She'll, you could talk to her. Yeah. But um, oh, the um, pig thing is amazing. I mean, they're great. I mean, they, so the pigs are walking around, scratching up the land and laying down fertilizer. That's kind of what they do. And we're going to eat them too. But you kind of want to keep them moving and you want to keep them moving over wet ground. So that's what we're fighting now is the, the wet and but you know 
I, I want to like emphasize why they can be so gross and why you want to eat them. Josh has a part-time job at the local elementary school and he gets like all the food waste and all the wasted milk and will take like a, it's a five gallon bucket, uh-huh. a five gallon bucket of spoiled chocolate milk. that has been like sitting outside for, I don't even know. how. Well, so it turns into uh, like, uh, it turns into cheese. I just gave him like a bunch. Thick right. cheese chocolate milk and you just dump it on the ground and well i don't leave it outside but you no, know, I know room temperature room well, temperature give them, give them the schlock dude they gobble it up like it's, it's well they crap. love it dude i gave them the water it. from it today and it's like <laughs> it's not horrible smelling but something's not right of course oh. it's like the output you know and they just <laughs> it's like all over Jeez. their face <laughs> i'm looking at it i'm like it and that turns like, into bacon go fucking figure yeah Uh, sausage whole hog sausage yeah but we got to keep them moving as long as we have rain it all works out and the chickens move around with them and so all right boys to to pivot uh i did want to hit on a a scumbag of the week a a really interesting one this is going to be a total script flip from what we've been talking about from farm talk to Mm -hmm. elite fashion brand pedophilia undertones Totally fine, and I want you to do that. Do we want Farley to join now or after this? I just wanted to ask that. Real quick. Um, actually, if Tfar is available, we should get him on because I'm sure he's aware of this. I'd love to get okay. his take. If okay. not, then no, no worries. I, I think he is. This. Go ahead. Yeah, I just I love that we've gotten Thomas Farley to come on every single episode of this podcast so far. Can somebody explain to Josh quickly who Thomas Farley is? I'll what? give him the short the short spiel. Um, Please. So Eli introduced me to Thomas Farley when I was going to Colorado for spring break and needed some place to stay. He's his old roommate that he met at CSU. Thomas Farley is an early cryptocurrency adopter. Um, he's a very boisterous and funny individual with uh, just questionable stories and just very interesting opinions where you don't really know where the conversation and the joke begins or ends <laughs> without further ado. Thomas Farley. Tell, oh, perfect. In our last or two episodes ago, Thomas Farley shared a story about hooking up with a ghost. Yeah, he has a ghost more story after tripping on mushrooms. <laughs> yes. Well, you know. That's all right. Awesome. So the highs and lows of this. So are you guys familiar with? Wait, uh, is Thomas Farley here? He's, he's connecting to audio. So hopefully, okay. here in a second. Just wait for him to pop in because I don't see him yet at all. Oh, there Yo, we go. T. Right, sorry. T. Welcome to episode five, apparently. Are the audio issues continuing? We can't hear you, Farley. Can't Nothing. hear you, brother. My name is Jeff. All right, Zach, why don't you pitch this scumbag of the week? You were kind of just giving it out to yeah, us. We'll yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, have you have you guys caught wind at all about Balenciaga's ad campaign recently? No, no nothing. I literally so- saw there was news about Balenciaga, but I didn't know about the drama. So they pitched this really, really weird ad campaign that basically featured a bunch of children in their rooms with their toys all laid out. And it seemed like the product was this bear, but the bear is in this like really weird bondage gear. I'm going to show you guys just pictures of the initial campaign and just to kind of okay. get your thoughts on that first. Sure. All right. I don't think I hate Balenciaga gonna... for what it's worth, you know. All right. I don't think this is going to share quite as well as I want it to. It's a fashion brand. I don't oh. I, I'm out of touch too. Yeah. So how well can you guys? Oh, I don't like that picture, dude. So, so (laughs) you can see the kid here and I wish I could zoom in on the bear more. I will in a later picture, but it's wearing like straight up bondage gear. Right. And there's like weird shit on the table. 
There's four. This is this is the campaign. There's <laughs> the bear. This is for the sad kids. For the sad kids. Dude, it's it's so fucking weird. Big <laughs> shoes on. Um, this one's the weirdest. We'll get into this one a little bit more later, but like I'm trying to zo- zoom in a little bit on the picture, but like oh, yeah. it's not copy it and put it into paint. That's the best way to do it. Here, I actually are you on a Mac? Dude, I'll do the little snip the whole thing is very strange. <laughs> yeah, I don't like oh, dude, it's it's bizarre. From, where where is it? It's like, yeah, it'd be like a weird planet. Here we go. I'm the, liking this. Shoes, man. We'll say that. Shoes. Actually, yeah, I'm actually a fan of uh, what I'm looking at. Some things, some of these items, like those sunglasses, for example. <laughs> You're kind of wanting to buy some Balenciaga now. <laughs> All right, can you can you guys see this? Yeah, yeah, I can see it. Oh, All right, so there's so some scary. weird, some weird shit going on here. Like, what the fuck? Look at the BB now. What's this necklace? The red okay. shoe, like the chair, like the that. tape, like the mask, like this. What's this is gonna highlight it later, but like. There's a really weird paint like picture in the background. Like he didn't draw that. <laughs> oh, this is very strange. It's so weird. So let me. And then they let need me to get this kid on Adderall. Look at look at his drawing. I mean, <laughs> look at it. He's not getting oh, he's enough Adderall. campaign buddy, bro. Fuck that Balenciaga campaign. Dude, what's the candle in the can? The candle in the can. Like this is fucking weird, right? Yeah. Dude, yeah, like they, they unironically posted this on their Instagram. These like four photos. I think there's okay, a couple. So more. then what happened? What people what were people saying? A, a lot, a lot of shit. So basically, like just saying, like, hey, this is so fucking wrong. And then the shit starts popping off the like all the conspiracies, connections, like all this shit. So the first one that we want to talk about. So, okay, so the, the photographer for these photo photos is like this really questionable, like very woke on his ideology like the the type of like friends like leftist. oh like children should be able to give consent like adults type of deal this is Ooh. one of his social media posts i'll just leave that there this is the photographer oh, it says oh. why restrict child porn but not guns and a video of him walking over a thing of guns this was the photographer so it seems to be in that same vein of like this falls into like the elite like all the elites or pedophiles like type of conspiracy talk but like this is fucking weird. Like that's a photographer on it. it I think there's more stuff under here. Huh? Or that's one of uh, the arms. Yeah. Okay. So here's some close up. Okay. This is great from the Twitter. Uh, like people are just like getting the screenshots of stuff and just like making oh, that's connections. Weird. <laughs> the, okay. Uh, one of the bears. Zoom in on the, uh, the teddy bear. Cause like this could be, this could be a direct like calling for help potential. Like go, go uh, to him just to the right. I want to see this, this image. <laughs> Yeah, you want me to zoom I, in on that a little bit more? Yeah, that. on the actual drawing because kids they draw they draw things and usually you know it could be a nightmare that they've had or it could be it could be shadow people. This looks like a shadow person with the red face. Yeah, that looks dude, like a demon. Hundred percent. Well, yeah. that's what people are saying, dude. People are saying like, oh, this is like a direct connect to satanic cult <laughs> worshippers and shit like that. Like, I personally. I don't believe this is like what a kid drew. This looks like what an adult would draw acting like their kid drawing something. Which is also so weird. The idea that someone was tasked with that as a part of the Balenciaga promotion. Like what the fuck dude? Weird dude. Super fucking weird. And then people are making connections. Like apparently 
a white bunny has some sort of uh, symbolism. And here are the candles and cans. I don't, that seems ritualistic, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, that ain't right. <laughs> Here's a picture. Yeah, that's what you're looking for earlier. The they're saying like this is like a connection with some devil worshiping stuff. Okay. That little kid lives there too. <laughs> He's gonna dinner there. I don't know. Those the shoes, shoes look fine. <laughs> Guess, dude. Sure, I don't fuck with that. Why do you get shoes like that? Oh, and well, I like this one because apparently the the Balenciaga and the tape that was mentioned was spelled wrong with two A's. Apparently, there's a demon named Ball. I don't know. People make connections, dude. A. I love um, Twitter. All right, so yeah, we talked about that. Okay, so shit starts to get pretty fucking... Okay, this is just their apology, basically. They posted this on their Instagram shortly after. Um, We're sorry. Oh, yeah, it says um, we're uh, we're taking legal actions against the parties responsible for creating the set and including unapproved items for our spring campaign. So they're basically saying like, oh, you know, we didn't approve our ad campaign. Whoopsie. Uh, We're taking legal action against the guys who did it. Um, You know, whatever. But they're standing behind like. They're plush bears. Oh yeah, they actually they say they're plush bears. Yeah, we're not still selling that fucking bear. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's eight hundred and fifty dollars, and you're gonna buy it. Fucking we have an inventory. Fuck Balenciaga, bro. They, they released destroyed sneakers that literally. When I say distressed, I mean these shoes were destroyed for a thousand dollars each. The, the endangering kid stuff and you know pedophilia uh, pedophilia uh, symbology is is one thing, but selling destroyed shoes that's crossing the pish line. Posh. Yeah, that's too much. I mean, pish posh for the child stuff. I mean, they're selling destroyed sneakers. What are they thinking? <laughs> anyway. uh, uh, this stuff just gets better and better. I liked this one. So here's oh just another God. photo that, that they had oh get out. So at least she's awesome. of age, but are you guys tuned into like the 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 black That's eye not. uh initiation that like in the conspiracy world? No. no. So basically t- Thomas Farley, you are? No, I'm not actually. So basically, like there's pictures of like all these elites with uh black eyes. It's like it, it, at some point or another, it basically the, the theory is that getting a black eye is some sort of initiation to whatever Illuminati elitist cult that you're a part of. I wonder what Google will give me for this. It's a uh, six, too. It looked like a six on her face. I've seen the uh, humiliation part of the Illuminati. So yes, like, exactly. You shave your eyebrows. You get a black yeah. eye. Who is punching them? <laughs> who's, who's hitting them? Uh, let's see there's some good ones on here i love a meme like that i love conspiracy memes <laughs> they have a certain flavor to them there's always yeah. like a very <laughs> low quality of images it's very it's like they're using a different internet <gasps> dude so dude, so funny so anywho that I, I didn't know if that was part of it or not that was connection i thought but like fucking weird obviously okay wait so hold on oh, go ahead go ahead uh, i was gonna say well it, it takes another level after this if you had something to say Oh, keep going. All right. So basically, um, from another uh, post on theirs, and this is from their uh, Twitter earlier, or their Instagram earlier, like this is a pick probably like three or four posts before the one with this campaign was this one. And what I want you guys to notice is this name right here, Michael Borman. And basically, Michael Borman is this artist that would create these weird fucking pictures with kids. This is one of Michael Borman's paintings right here. To the right, like weird with kids, like in these gory environments. Um, I think this maybe shows a little like bit more. Yep. 
Oh, it just shows how it, how it's still on there. Yeah, there's Michael yeah. Borman right there. All right, sorry. Get this out here. I can hear that. Yeah, you just muted it though. No, I I just want to guys see the oh, pictures yeah. for sure. Some of his work. Oh, this isn't even. I don't want to Google his stuff because it's. Oh, there it is, dude. This is some of Michael Borman's work. The picture that was just like on that headline. What the fuck? Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, literally, like right there is the headline on there. Like, again, this is all just like digging into shit that's like right there on Balenciaga's Instagram page. So it's strange. They're very strange, and also too. Well, uh, actually, no that that that's a that's it for now. But like, actually, have a higher level to this uh, conspiracy, dude. Kanye's departure from Balenciaga. Say what? Kanye's departure from Balenciaga. That's you know, a great point. I was going to bring that up. Point. Fucking take that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, he left. I know his uh, best friend, right? Or one of his best friends is like the head designer. They cannot t- come to an accord. So he, he he left Balenciaga. It could be over something like this. I know Kanye was involved in, in this this direction. That's for sure. Well, I, no, no. A huge part of this is Kim Kardashian is a major uh, model for Balenciaga. Mm-hmm. Okay, definitely. Well, and in that world too, like you get into, I mean, the Kardashians with like Travis Scott, and then what happened with Travis Scott concert that this past summer. Like you could fucking connect the dots. Like I get how they. Dude, there's some there's some 50 happens. minute YouTube videos that be connecting a lot of dots. Hundred <laughs> percent, dude. I personally but, love those videos, even though they sound fucking crazy. Well, dude, and there, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's a really fine line you got to walk between, like, what's actually fucking real and then, like, shit like this. But, like, at the end of the day, you cannot see those pictures that Balenciaga posted and be like, oh, that's okay. That's normal. And see all the other shit. Oh, one other thing, too, with the original post, the original four posts, one of the desks there had, like, a bunch of papers on. And one was, like, a court case for a major uh, pedophilia and media case, basically. Like, what would be considered... Uh, um child pornography and what would be considered Jesus. not on the internet like that was a court like a court what document from that case on one of the pictures so like that's fucking obvious to you like that's fucking yeah, weird it's a little on the nose it's like i, I wonder if right. there's always this thing about our elites hiding and marking the fact that they are pedophiles some people think there's these symbols they leave behind in their art and it's i've never understood why is like do they want these people that get freaking manic and obsessive over them to follow them down the rabbit trail i don't really understand what their end goal is so here's here's the theory on the um on the elites being pedophiles in terms of okay if you join this club this elite membership how are we going to keep you from basically divulging our secrets oh we're going to have you be involved in something heinous for example pedophilia But why would they then like make it clear that they're doing that in a Balenciaga ad campaign? To me, it doesn't make any sense. But you it's know, not that it's clear, clear though. Mm-hmm. Right. It's, it's yeah, like I think it's subtle. just a, a subtle fuck you almost. You know. Yeah. Maybe. Well, I, I have a clarifying question. Does Balenciaga sell children's clothes and apparel? Yes. Probably. Yeah. Pro- like okay. I'd say like okay. So that even that could give like no they hundred percent to either side. Okay, okay, okay. I didn't yeah. I had no idea. I mean, clearly they had this ad campaign with with bears that were just like directly marketed towards children, like bondage yeah. bears. These things were in. Let me like these things were in fucking bondage, dude. Yeah, no, I it's don't. super disgusting. I don't like that. And uh, 
they need to get back on the fucking farm, in my opinion. Uh, I've got, got, got a question uh, for the boys. At what age do you think you should be able to choose your gender? <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Jesus. Just out of the right field, bro. Do you mean do you mean choose your gender or do you mean like medically do something about it to choose your gender? Ah. Basically both. Ooh, well, basically like, both. Basically both. So basically the latter. Basically um, the latter. I would say I would say um, 18 voting age. I really would. 18. I just yeah. I would Oof. say I would say 14. I'll I'll go with numbers. uh Three and a half. <laughs> Three and a half. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I took the under. Dude, it's tough. <laughs> I would say you would need a lot of counseling involved. You need a lot of doctors, and you need this 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 child to be serious about what they're what they're doing. But uh I don't really know. I don't have a kid, so I couldn't make that decision until that was a situation, but you know 18 i'm saying i'm saying 18 18. do you you think do you think third grade teachers uh should be able to choose your child's gender yeah um only if they've had a sex change (laughs) only if they're cool (laughs) only if they work really nice depends if they have gigantic fake knockers if they do and they're nice and they show me those knockers then yeah probably if if they hey like uh can we have a meeting after school she's just calling the parents Hey, well, I think your son is actually a uh, a girl. I would say, okay, cool. Show me your giant, show me your giant fake knockers, dude. And okay. if they did, then I'd be like, all right, he's a girl. Yeah, and okay. he's coming home with some uh, with new Balenciaga twenty twenty three collection. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, supplied by the state. Would it be would it be awesome if there was like a federal law that third grade teachers decided and like that was the cutoff? <laughs> it gave him like an outrageous amount of power for something like but that. Dude, but third dude, after like, but that extra. would drive the salaries <laughs> for teachers. Like, everyone. like the teacher job would be elementary school teacher would be the most in demand job in the country. Yes. All of a sudden, the elite. Certain demographic. They're wearing body cams now too. Yeah, yeah, body cams for the teachers. Teacher body cams. Uh. God damn, boys. Yeah, but that, that, for that reason, uh, Balenciaga is my scumbag of the week. That was pretty fucking scumbag. Yeah. Fuck that company, man. I hate them. I, I had a, made a whole YouTube video about how I hate Balenciaga. Did you talk awesome. about how they're pedophiles? I'm going to now. That's right. Damn right. Damn right. So, Tom, while we, while we have you here, can we get the fucking tip of the day and then maybe yes, some sports betting? I want, yeah, I want to see what's happening for... Uh, turkey day football you know i don't have the uh the tarot cards up here in the mountains currently but it's okay uh, i can I, I can flip a coin for you hey we'll get to that we'll get to that yeah. <laughs> another another good way to gamble is literally just flipping a coin on the money line yeah that's dope um, i'm here in vegas yeah. right now well outside of it so uh i might have yeah. to hit the casinos yeah you should i feel like you should be recording this from a gas station it looks like you're in a starbucks parking lot yeah i do i've been seeing a lot of parking lot people josh was talking for a long time but i was really seeing some critters i saw a guy smoking a cig <laughs> no hands on a bike that seemed cool Love that. i mean what's okay what's so i actually i actually need a uh because you guys do a critter of the week yeah 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 we I'm, gonna try to, I'm gonna i'm gonna try and interview this guy because i see him on pro street all the time and you know he's just fucking gaming call of duty online with from his computer from his laptop just a homeless man i would love to get that guy an interview and maybe doge gamer wait he's literally gaming 
he just games. He just literally just has his controller. He's got. They have his homeless gamers. Out. That's amazing. Homeless bro. gamers, a homeless gamer. So that's a huge um, development for the culture. Oh, it's a great part of the culture. I mean, you can game outside, ladies and gentlemen. So, and that's fucking fascinating. You don't need to pay rent. You don't need to pay rent as a gamer. You can technically just go out there with your laptop, hook up. To, dude, we need to get this guy fucking uh, sponsored. We need a fucking yeah, esports sure. team to pick this guy up, dude. What if TSM grabs him or like Phase Clan? Yeah, I feel I feel like he's probably pretty good, honestly. I feel like that's all he does. Hardened good by the man. streets. He's probably got terrible latency. He's playing on Wi-Fi. Homeless <laughs> oh. yeah. gamer. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll see what I can do. Next time I see that guy, I'm going to, you know, give him 20 bucks and hire him for a 20-minute interview. Yeah, 100%. Um, but tip of the day, um, tip of the I think day. this especially applies to Thanksgiving. But be the problem. Cause problems. But also, <laughs> be the solution. <laughs> I like it. Well, I don't think it could be any better place to end off this episode of The Goblin and the Ghoul. Josh, thank you so much for coming on, man. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, Josh, that was a fascinating Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Yeah, it's been a really fun time. Thomas, always a pleasure for you, too. We can still talk a little bit. I just need to get going, guys, because it is you know 7 30 for me and it's probably what 9 30 for you 9 30 yeah be the forget. problem and the solution that's fucking profound you know, let me just one more thing on that you cause problems maybe known or not and then you solve them and then you get credit for solving them that's what people are going to remember here's another one here's another one that kind of is parallel well um, we get a twofer we get a twofer you get a twofer, twofer that's kind of parallel um make them ask questions sell them the answers we need to put together a book just tips of the day yes. tips of the day 100 we I, I have a catalog so dude you need coming. a calendar bro get them for yeah. all next year so every day you can just flip them every day fuck it. let's tip of the day yeah Games honestly lines. i should sell a calendar. unreal great idea dogegamer.com dadpenis.com right, check it out all right we did it again daddicks.com actually penis dad Peace. See you guys. Later, gamers. See you guys. Hey, that's pretty good.